Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinnertwine. The bad white men call him the devil. The Yavapai call him eyes like the sky. Welcome to Cutting for Sign. Daniel, we're about to get into the territory of the mystical and the practical. What the yield kings used to use to help dictate their choice making around kingdoms. The dreams, I think this is your idea, right? To talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. You've got a really great, rich dream life. Like when you yeah. tell me your dreams, I'm like, whoa, those are bad to the bone. Yeah. Last night I hung out with the big Lebowski. My dream life is. Are you serious? Off the hook. Yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Before we jump into that stuff, man, <laughs> I think what's important about this is like, you know, some of the earliest recorded writings from civilization, like things that recorded in tablature or on hieroglyphics or those kinds of things are actually dream interpretations of wow. leaders of ancient civilizations. So it's a really old way of looking at reality or really... <laughs> old way of trying to interpret what is going on or choice or decision making. And I think it's super interesting that somewhere along the line, we lost that, even though we'll get into this a little bit later, like there's still some kind of psychiatric or psychological ways of looking at this stuff. And it's one thing I know, but I think it ties really well into cutting for sign. Like how does one decide on the next right step in their life? Like what is the clue or the signal on like, am I on the right path? Do I know what to do next? Is this something I really want? I mean, that's a good call. If, if like you were saying last time we, we were talking about this, that people and uh, communities way, way back in ancient times would make decisions for the whole based on yeah. dreams that certain people would have or that certain dreams people would have, you know, <clears throat> maybe we can, maybe that's an important part of dreaming, you know, and, the, I think the clear the thing I just personally want to make clear is that I suspect we all have our own private, personal, valid relationship with dreaming and what dreams are and what dreams mean. I think it's a little bit more of a creative process and an self empowerment to, you know, that you have a different relationship with your dreams. Maybe even dreams are are inherently different play a different role in your life maybe they come from a different place maybe they are just different i really with something so vague and nebulous uh, as dreams and insubstantial i think that there's a lot of room for all of us to have our own relationships with they what they mean so anything i personally say here today this is my relationship with dreams and this is what i've created them to be to mean in my life and it's not to take anything away from if someone else is like no, dreams are, uh, you know, something that's literally other, you know, beings from other planets coming and visiting me. It's like, good, you know, I'm, I don't know. So I can't say that that's not what they are. And that, that isn't what they are to me. As far as I know, you know what I mean? I've had that dream, by the way, the aliens are on my bed, <laughs> staring down at me. That was a real dream I had as a child. Whoa. See, yeah. Maybe that was that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Before we jump into all that though, like, what are you hoping to get from this conversation around dreams? We talk yeah. about dreams a lot in our kind of daily check-ins, which we may talk in, talk about later, but 
you know, in the draw of like, what are you looking for? Like, what are you cutting for right now? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, and Ron and I, or you and I are still working out like the structure of this podcast and the, the, what this podcast can mean to us and something that we're playing with is the draw, which is a, just a continuation of the metaphor of hunting or tracking. So like you draw a bow back to aim. So like the beginning of this podcast, it's like, okay, what are we aiming for? What do we want? How can our lives get a little bit better through this intentional conversation? And I think that regarding dreams, there's a good book by Robert A. Jordan, who is a Jungian psychologist. And he talks about how dreams can be the analyzing dreams carefully can be the best way to bring your inner world into your outer world and get more cohesive with yourself, more attuned, more aligned, more communicative with that subconscious realm for, you know, lack of a better phrase. And I think that in my mind and in my life, and I just have been dropping the ball on that. You know, I have mm. dream, I have dream logs. I pulled one out today. You know, mm. I've, I've written hundreds of dreams down, but there's a difference between writing dreams down and analyzing them carefully, creatively with attention and intention with quality attention, and then making changes in your life based on what one comes up with. Mm. And I would, I need to create that, open that communication a little bit more with my dreams. And so this conversation, the several conversations we've had in preparation for this, it's around that, you know, I, <clears throat> I want to make some moves, create a little bit more time, um, get a little clear on, on a process that doesn't take too much time, but the time that does take is quality and start to make a little bit of ground and get a little traction. Does that make so, sense? I, yeah. I think so. I think I'm tracking with you. So it sounds like you want to use the tools that you learned from Jordan. Is that his name? I would say that there's the tools I've gathered through all yeah. life, the awareness, that nebula of awareness around dreams, you know, and then just like bring it all down and start to get into a rhythm of, of, uh, of communication. Like another thing that he says, uh, express or suggests is, you know, very careful anal analyzing of dreams. And then, making it an action or, mm. or a ritual, you know, mm. something in the real world that's based off of that thing. And I think that, that just makes a lot of sense. It depends on one's relationship with their dreams. My, my relationship with my dreams is very, very clear messages that I get very clear. They're not yeah. at this stage in my life. My dreams are basically, they're pretty clearly talking to me, you mm. know, and saying, Hey, do this, or, Hey, you are doing this good job or, Hey, there's something you need to pay attention to. It's not, you know, like we talked last time, there's a lot of people uh, that when I talk about dreams or I get in a conversation with dreams or I'll be in like a partnership with someone. So you wake up with them and they're like, I had this really weird dream. And then they say the dream and they're like, isn't that so weird? And I'm always like, I had that. I said no. that to my wife this morning. <laughs> exactly. But, that thing. <laughs> but which is fine. Right. But the conversation doesn't have to stop there. And if it does stop at, isn't that weird? I think there's a lot of opportunity lost. It's like, yeah, it's weird. It's a fucking dream. Now let's, let's uncode this. Let's, let's decipher this. Let's, mm. let's get, set the weirdness aside and let's mm. say that this isn't weird. This is perfect. All right. Now, what is it saying? What could it be saying? And empower oneself to decide what is, what it's saying and, and, and own that and move forward. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should start with my dream that I had last night. Let's do it. 
<laughs> if it's another one about like the Madonna orca dream that you had, easy, like, the easy. greatest. Don't, don't 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 take out my my most precious dreams. <laughs> you had the best wet dream that any human has had in the history of human humanity. I'm pretty certain of that, and. I am definitely not taking the piss out of it. I'm celebrating it. That's undoubtedly true. If this dream had happened, you know, a few millennia ago, it would have been carved into stone That's forever. I one... should make you a painting of your Please do. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I have had one uh, wet dream in my entire life, unfortunately. But but what makes up for that is that it was the most epic wet dream probably in human history let's yeah face it, you, know? you ironically blew your wad on wet dreams like you had all the wet <laughs> dreams of your entire life in what one wet dream. you know i'm really glad you've got that <laughs> like that space painting behind you because that was the setting like i was in That's outer right. space floating through a sea of like purple blue water on the back of an orca with madonna facing me making love to me and i impregnated her it was incredible. Mic drop. <laughs> end of my end of dreams podcast. <laughs> oh. It's the kind of dream I prayed would come back. <laughs> Never has. So what? What some like anticlimactic bullshit dream did you have last night? Let's get back to it. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, we're considering a move in the next. I don't know. You know, six to eight months, maybe longer than that. Biggie, a big and, move. And it is popping around my head. It's, it's taken a lot of bandwidth. And last night I had this dream that I had ordered a a drone, like a big drone, you know, like the, the helicopter kind of devices to yeah. carry us to this new land. And, and it was a, a kind of a prototype and I was able to get my family on it and we kind of take it for a test drive. And have you ever played, have you ever played with a drone? Like not really control? No, not really. They're, they're kind of hard to steer. And, and in the dream, this device, and I went and picked it up from like the local Ducati dealership for some reason. And we get it and we start flying and we're like headed towards dangerous things like power lines, trees, all those things. And, and when you're playing with that stuff in real life, like a, a drone and it hits, it nicks something like that drone's going down like immediately. But in the dream, yeah, the sales guy's like, don't worry about it. It's going to bounce off. Just watch this. And that's what happened. Like every time we'd hit an object, it would just kind of bounce off like a balloon and head back to safety. It would like right mm, itself. Cool. And the and the journey was kind of a, a Nemo like experience where we, we literally made a bed on the drone for us all to cuddle on and just <laughs> enjoy the journey over to where we we're going. That's a beautiful dream. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I've got a lot of, I mean, for me, I think, as I've, you know, as I'm, as I'm telling this dream, I didn't really get to tell it. Hey, my weird dream to my wife this morning. What I felt then and what I felt now, especially even more so, is like there's a lot of worries and un, unanswered questions and problem solving in a, in a move or th or considering a move, and especially the move of the scale we're going to or potentially going to, and. And we've had to kind of move the goalpost back a few times because we want a margin of error and a margin of safety in what we're doing. And I think that's smart. And, I, and we're both like agreed on that, my wife and I. And I think what that what that dream is kind of telling me, me telling myself is like, you know, there's safety in this and there's like, you can kind of relax into this nice. process and enjoy it. And it's, 
kind of ticks all the boxes for what we're about you know like the the romance of it the adventure of it the ease of it it can be easy even though it's so difficult even though it's so far away yeah and plus i appreciate what you just said about you know you get to create this experience you're creating it and if if what you need to do is move that that goal out move the the move date out to create more space yeah that's really wise because you're going to arrive in in where you're moving in the state of consciousness that you create that you live in that you're in now yeah and if you are stressed getting there you're going to arrive stressed and you're going to have created and existed in a a frame of mind in the state of consciousness of stress and your life is just going to be the same except you're there it's like that fucking hilarious adam sandler saturday saturday night live skit where he plays this really cheesy real uh, travel agent and (laughs) he's like that one oh it's so funny i'm not going to do it justice but the gist is he's like telling he's talking to people who think they're going to be happy in other places and he goes (laughs) if you're sad in new york and you go and there's a big there's a he does it like with a weather person where he's pointing to new york and italy and and you go to new italy you're gonna be sad in italy it's so fucking hilarious (laughs) that is true that's amazing it's very true I'm glad you brought up the stress part about that because in my kind of homework for this, you know, I realize there's, there's a, about five schools of thought around why we dream and I won't get into all those things. And one is that they kind of all agree and the, in the agreement is our brain's trying to work something out that it's taken a lot of bandwidth in our conscious living. And there was a, um, a multi-year 50,000 student participation research on dreams. And the interesting thing is, was the number one emotion that was the leading feeling of a dream amongst those 50,000 students was anxiety, was a feeling of anxiety. And what, yeah, okay. and what they're postulating is the, is the conscious self is feeling a lot of anxiety and needing to work things out. And the brain uses that time to do some math, right? To like work it out, to try to figure out how to get there. And of course, in the magical realm of our brain, it kind of sometimes serves us up some nice impregnated wet dreams like I got. I mean, <laughs> sometimes it the, doesn't. Sometimes it's way worse. At the same time, let's like pull pull up a little bit to the yeah. 50,000 foot view. We're a society that especially Western society that is anxious. Big know? time. Yeah. So I don't think that I would question if that survey saying, oh, most people who dream are dreaming about anxiety. Dreams must be, ergo, dreams must be to defrag anxiety. It's like, no, that's just, to me at least, that's just saying that everyone's anxious. But the the role of dreams, I think, is is much, for me at least, much broader, more nuanced than to defrag anxiety. And maybe, okay, maybe I'm misrepresenting that. I definitely am. Because it, because of the percentage, it was a pretty low percentage of the total amount, but it was uh-huh. the highest, anxiety had the highest share. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah. So, so like the spread of the emotions, you know, were pretty wide, but of all of the spread of different emotions, anxiety was the highest. And I, I, I would agree. still yeah. say that that is just shows that we're all anxious. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, not that the, you know, highest or like purest capability of dreams is to, you know, dispense and, or sorry, disperse, uh, you know, and ease anxiety. It's just clearly one function i think i think processing emotions subconscious emotions is definitely and conscious emotions is definitely something that that dreams do you know certainly yeah 
It's like you, when you work a job, you're working, you know, have you ever worked a job where you, suddenly you're working 60 hours instead of 30 and you're just like there all the fucking time and then you start to dream about it, you know? Oh, thank God. Oh, wait, I have. Yeah, 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 I have. I've had that a few times. Or if I do any, yeah. start to do anything a lot, you know, I think that's a really cool example of the conscious mind sort of dipping into the dream world. And that's what I'm all about with this conversation is let's get the communication and the separateness between conscious and subconscious or subconscious and unconscious. Let's get those things communicating. Let's bring a little dream life into our real life. Whenever we go into nature, I feel like we're getting a little bit dreamy. You know, some weird stuff can happen. You know, when you get into a creative space, that's inviting the subconscious to come play in the conscious world. Then you can bring the conscious into the subconscious in a couple of different ways too. And I just feel like that just gets the communication going. And I think that's okay, important. yeah, you're you're moving some heavy ideas around. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of call you out on some of this stuff because <laughs> okay. because I want you to bring that shit down to your life, kind of right now. One of the conversations around dreams that we had last time was um, a dream about your dad, and yeah. and if I may, I know like a lot of men, you have a a conflicted relationship with your dad. Yeah. And in this dream, you had a different feeling about your dad. And why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because well, I think, I think that this thing, like you kind of, we kind of need like, okay, well, how does that work? We're going to bring our conscious and subconscious self together. Agreed. Like, let's do agreed. the handshaking. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, I have a, a really close relationship with my dreams. Anyways, I've done a lot of work in life to live in a dreamy space and to, you know, and to, and by that, I just mean like, unplug from society go spend a bunch of time by yourself you know in whatever way travel nature in your house you know just get disconnected from the the voices don't listen to the news unplug from media like just those basics yeah. you know the basics that we all don't want to do but you know to certain extents we do do them well i just happen to have done a lot of that in my in my form informative years so i think i have a little bit of a, a little more communication than the average person with my subconscious with that said, and I'll try to do this clearly because this is there's several layers to this that if I can communicate it clearly, it's pretty fucking cool. Mm. And that was that I was in a situation with someone that was really angry. This is in real life about a week ago. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. The details don't matter, but this person just like they didn't, they they weren't believing me, you know. Yeah. And I was felt really misunderstood. That's one piece. Yep. Another piece is when I was a kid, I used to get really upset really frustrated and angry. And my mom said it was in one situation, mostly, which is being misunderstood when I was talking to my father. Mm. So I get really frustrated because my dad didn't understand what he was saying, what I, what I was saying, and I would get mad. So boom, those two pieces. Then I um, can't go to sleep that night because this person, this is just a week ago, that yeah. was not believing me. I was just spinning out on it. I was so frustrated and angry. And like hurt. And so finally, late at night, I recorded a voice memo that I was going to send to them, which I didn't end up because I didn't end up needing to, but yeah. I recorded it. And I talked for like 13 minutes and I really communicated exactly what I wanted to say to this person. It wasn't expressing anger, it was expressing the thing that I wasn't able to communicate or that they weren't hearing, but I at least communicated it. Boom. Piece number three. Do you follow so far? I'm following. Yeah, this is good. You're doing a good job. Okay, then that, yeah. piece number four is the dream. Well, I have this dream. And, or sorry, piece number four is that I have recurring dreams about my father being engaged with my dad in like Mortal Kombat, being very angry with him. That's a dream I've had 
many times in my life. That's intense, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it is like gouging his eye, and I love Jeez. my dad. I'm yeah. also angry with him. Yeah, and so that's piece number four. Piece number five is the dream I have. Now, here's how this all came together, and for me, a really beautiful way. I have a dream where I'm at my house that I grew up on, where my dad still lives. It's mm-hmm. a vineyard. It really is a vineyard, and I'm getting married there, and the neighbor is like, you can't get married in where you want to get married because it's too close to my property. And the neighbor I was really at odds with. And my dad and I were kind of allied. That never happens. Hmm. And the thing that I needed to do, and don't pay as much attention to the dream stuff. I'm not going to get too far into it. But the thing that I had to do to get this person that I was angry with, not my dad, it was a neighbor, someone close to my dad, a separation there, was to take a, a, a bunch of these really ripe, beautiful grapes and, and get them into the house and hide them away, make them safe. So long story short, I pick a big juicy group, of, a bunch of grapes, and then we all play this game of cat and mouse. It's uh, kind of exciting and fun, but it's also like this guy, if he catches us, we're all fucked. But my dad and I were an allied. We were allied together. We we're working together. We run around this place that I've spent 30 years of my life in real life. And we're like hiding. And, and as I'm doing it, this great bunch is like getting beat up. And, but it's still there. And it's still, you know, good. And then finally we go inside. And I like have to unlock the thing. And if I get the grape, this great bunch in this thing locked away before the neighbor catches me, like we're all good. And then I finally, like, like finally do it. I'm struggling with the thing and I do it. So it's just this wild kind of game. And as soon as I lock it up and it's safe, the guy, now we're all in my living room. The guy and my dad were all chilling. And I'm like, Hey, dude, are you coming to the wedding? Like, we're all good now. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to come to the wedding. And I was like, he's like, there's going to be too many young people there. (laughs) And uh, like really young, like teen 20s, you know? And I was like, no, there's going to be people in their 40s. And that's like a meaningful age to me, the 40s. It's like a real apotheosis of, it's the summer of life, you know? It's the best place you can be. You have so much experience. Mm -hmm. You still have physical youth if you've taken care of your body. It's a really meaningful age to me personally as are many ages um for different reasons but as soon as i told him there was going to be adults at the age of 40 there he was like i would love to be there so that was the dream now if i was to look at that dream and very briefly decipher it the way i have it's really beautiful because i was after being angry with someone in my real life and then Mm -hmm. communicating it i then had a dream where i was not in conflict with my father so that's, that's good. You know, that's like the angry miscommun- misunderstood part of me is, is communicating. And then I have a dream and it's like, oh, this might not even really be about my father in my life. Yeah. It's about me not communicating to the world mm. things I'm frustrated about. Mm. And then the other thing is, it's just a, it's just a dream about growing up. You know, yeah. I believe for me that dreams are all the things that happen in dream and the people and the places, they're all aspects of my own psyche, you know, not in a narcissistic, you know, cystic way, but in a, just in a like, Hey, these are all parts of me trying to hack each other out and communicate. And this was like one part of me uh, represented by this neighbor that heard that there was going to be adults at this really special meeting. And that now that they knew that there was adults there, they were going to be there. And that was like one part of my psyche being like, I don't trust you. You're not grown up. And me being like, no, no, there's, there's, this, this is, there's adults here. <laughs> and then that part of their psyche believing me and being like, cool, I'm there. It's just, to me, it's a coming together of different aspects and a maturing in that. And then the real, the real 
expression of that being another expression of that being this this ease with my father so all of this equals to me just a psyche starting to grow up a little bit relax a little bit and not be so bound up because it can't communicate i know that's a little bit out there and a lot of different pieces but hopefully that makes a little bit of sense it it makes a little bit of sense a little <laughs> sense <Fuck you. laughs> a little sense was made but do you yeah are you hearing that or oh yeah 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 that's cool thank you for sharing that can i ask you some questions around that Sure. So at the beginning of this conversation, you said you were hoping to make some kind of like connections that could result in action Yeah. around your dreams. So are you finding that to be true from that dream? You know, well, a, week, a week or so out from you having that and are, is there like a one or two little steps that might seem like a relevant um, extension from that dream? I mean, that's a really good question. That's yeah. like the next thing, you know, what do you do? Do you write it down? I have these dreams right here was from a most pivotal time in my entire life, 2010. Hmm. I don't even remember when I'm reading. Yeah. You know, so I think writing down for me isn't enough. I think talking about it, we've had a couple conversations about yeah. it. It isn't enough. I don't know. Like, what would you do if you had a meaningful dream and you were like, I need this to stick? You know, I need the lesson yeah. or the like affirmation of this to stick and I need to remember it day in and day out. What would you do? What are even some options? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, that's a little too nebulous, I think, for this, a little too um, non-specific for this situation. Can we stick with your dream for a moment? Is that okay? Sure. I mean, we can yeah. use my dream as an example of yeah, what to yeah, do. Like, what the fuck could I do? Yeah. Like write every day recall every day until it's just i don't know i just this is where maybe, I kind maybe of, it's kind of the wrong question maybe it's like do you need to call your dad and say you love him no okay so do you just need to say good job for for to yourself for um exercising using the exercise of allowing your frustration to be heard in some way you know, you really know what? safe way yeah you know what i need to do i need to make a drawing Whoa. And put it on my fridge. Like, cause all I'm saying, what I need is just to remember that dream. Yeah. I don't need to do anything other than, I already did the, I know what it means. It feels yeah. good. I yeah. know what it's saying. And now I just need to like, I need a totem, you know, like if you had a really powerful one, I would like put it on my body in a tattoo or something, you know, like yeah. I just need a, I need to do that. And you actually suggested that when I first told you that dream and you were like, yeah, really? Yeah, and I was like, he's right. I haven't done it. So what did I say? What, what I don't know. You just said do a do a piece of art, you know. Oh, interesting. It, you know, and yeah. Um, so that's what, that what I need be? to do. What do you think that would be? Oh, I'd probably just draw. Maybe I would draw this really beautiful bunch of grapes. You know, yeah. really like a very beautiful, maybe impressionistic. Um, you know, take 20, 30 minutes and paint paint it on a little thing, and then put it on my fridge where I see things every day. I need to start doing that. In fact, that's a no brainer. That's what I need to start doing. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's really cool. I think that's a good, I mean, I'm glad we talked about that because that probably for most people, they need to have, find their own little path on how to connect it, whether it's writing, drawing, you know, some, some way of, of processing it in a way that integrates it. Right? Well, it's like you, like one thing that you, and I don't know if this is dipped into your dream world. Have you dreamed about heists? No. Or is that just okay? Uh, let me hold on a second. Let me let me think. Maybe, maybe. So I think 
yeah a good a really good example of how someone's inner world and outer world like come into play with each other that doesn't have anything to do with dreams is your like preoccupation when you walk around my heist fantasies <laughs> you see something in a house and not a like, house hey yeah, it, yeah, easy what easy. do you call it um in a <laughs> in a well you say uh I, so so i for a lot of my adult life i've had intrusive thoughts of <laughs> intrusive stealing thoughts. stealing things <laughs> and the way that used to play out was at a job i had where i was um we manufactured equipment for armored car industry those guys who carry a lot of cash, huge bundles of cash. Have you ever seen the movie The Town with Ben Affleck? I think Gr so. yeah. A great, you know, heist film about robbing uh, armored cars. And and so when I worked there, my brain was working overtime on the perfect heist. And it just was a it was a place my brain defaulted to, and it was a place that my brain would like would fall into fantasy around, and I could suddenly like you know, come out of a daydream, which is also a form of dream, by the way. Um, they used to call daydreams, there was a kind of a negative quality when people referred to them. And now they're realizing that's actually just a different version of the brain dreaming, a different kind of layer of how nice. the brain processes information. And I do that a lot. In fact, my, my, my uh, report cards as a child would say something like, Ronnie's a good student, that he's great in class dot 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 he daydreams too much and that was a, and that still happens like i can even be in a conversation and my brain will like flip over to some kind of a daydream about something some word some detail so to get back um in my neighborhood i live in i live in this great residential uh urban part of town in portland and there's a high-end uh condo like high-rise condo around the around the block that has a multi-thousand dollar sound system through this one bang and Olufsen speaker which is a really high-end you know uh, hi-fi company and it's right by the front door and it looks like a set piece from a sci-fi film it's like you know kind of a gold beautiful it looks like a piece of art hmm. and every time i walk by i want to say every 97 percent <laughs> the time i walk by my brain is like, is this the time we're going to walk in, unplug it, carry it away? <laughs> and I like track when the, you know, the UPS guys coming, like people walking in now their dog with their dogs. <laughs> like my brain's thinking about like how, like all kinds of silly stuff, you know? And I, I like, I have, I have been writing about heist in my book right now. And maybe because of that, my brain doesn't need to process it in a dream. Uh, but I've never had a, I don't think I've ever had like a, well, yeah. That's why, I mean, the, the reason you're writing about it is because we were talking and I was like, suggested, like, you need yeah. to, like, write about heists. I wouldn't say it in your book. That was something you decided to do. But, like, mm -hmm. that's something that that guy, Robert A. Jordan, says in that in his book is called Inner Work. And he said he says when he does this thing, this exercise called active imagination, which is basically him just writing or being creative with his, with um feelings and intuitions and making characters out of them and then having them talk it's like writing a book but you're doing it to as yeah. a mental therapeutic exercise instead of as art when he <laughs> does that and he'll make characters out of different perspectives he has on a situation and then let him hash it out you know it's pretty cool yeah yeah i'm gonna do that with hand puppets 
<laughs> that would no that would that would be a really healthy thing to do like i know you're joking but that would be a really really good thing to do probably especially for kids you know yeah or for that childish part of each of us anyway when he does that a lot he stops dreaming he chills out his dreams Whoa. fucking they go away hmm. and i think that's an example of he's inviting you're inviting the dream world into your conscious world and then yeah. your dreams don't have to like be so active and crazy i feel like the the fact that i have a really really li- alive amazing intense epic you know all the good all the bad dream life is just an expression that i i'm not doing it creatively in the real world it's not a good thing it's it's too much creative potential bound up in and lost and wasted in the dream world and then you get you get a book like this that has a bunch of nonsensical you know not very interesting things instead of a book you know that people can go and read and i don't I really believe that I'm working on it, yeah. but we can't all be these perfectly creative humans, you know, being creative and honestly and authentically creative is a whole, is a whole adventure if you weren't raised that way. And I wasn't raised that way. So I got to hack it out myself. And that's, that's part of my journey. I'm going to lower my eyebrows a little bit in, in judgment, kind of potentially around that statement that it's wasted creative potential. it's just a fact it's not a, it's not a, a fact whipping says myself. Who? <laughs> like, what are you talking What's about it's not a fact <laughs> i have wa- a lot of wasted creative potential that's a fact it's okay but i, I, I think that, that's a challenge to work on it because there's a, i mean there's uh you know one fun google searches is um scientific breakthroughs as the result of dreams okay all right, because there's a number of them. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you googled that? How'd you find yeah. that out? Because I had heard it over the years. I mean, dreams is a theme I've been following That's a cool. long time. Okay. And and you know, number one, the shape of DNA was dreamed up before it was Whoa. discovered. Right. Wow. That's fucked okay. up. I mean, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there's been mathematical uh, postulates that have been discovered through the inspiration of a dream. There's been all kinds of other versions. The um, the Winkle engine, also known as the rotor engine, was seen first in a dream. So like I, so I'm sitting here and I'm definitely like kind of like, oh, I don't know, Daniel, because because perhaps it's not wasted. Perhaps it's just it's there for you to like pick up later. It's a call to action. Every time I have an epic dream, it's a call to action. Yeah. Make reality out of it. Make reality. Make make art. Do something creative. You know, tap into. This is the trick. This is the thing that I'm going through with with painting right now. And then this like conversation with myself and with my mentors of they're like, your art doesn't have any content to it it doesn't have anything interesting really to it you know Stop you got turning some... in blank canvases daniel <laughs> your <laughs> your art is is like painting clouds you know, it's, it's a galaxy you know that's what it is right and and don't get me wrong like that they haven't seen all of my art but there's they have a good point you know and mm. how do we get how do we get these dreamy images but we we have them have teeth and how we make them interesting and relatable to people outside of yourself, you know, and you don't need to, this is just my journey as an artist. I want to do something that's interesting to other people beyond just being beautiful. And I wanted to, to speak and open up worlds in another person, you know, and I guess we can go into all that. But my point is, is just what you're doing around writing your heists, writing a heist right now, I think is as good a thing as someone can do. They have noticed an impulse and a fascination with heists in the real world 
and a daydreaming aspect, you know, thing that they do. And then instead of just letting that exist in the world of dreams, you're doing it in a piece of art. That's, that's as good as anyone can do. That's great. And I just am searching, you know, playfully, curiously, uh, ways to do that in my own life. We're going to tap, you know, punch a hole in that pressured dream world and let it escape into the real world. Maybe, maybe all you're you're doing with these dreams are creating like a an art bingo. Like you could you could write down any of those themes, throw them in the in the uh, the bingo roller, and like literally pull them out. And there's your like next, you know, yeah. number of paintings. Well, we talked about doing a uh, a little field dressing for this conversation, you know, yeah. where we kind of look back at it and be like, you know, what did anything meaningful happen? And one thing that you said actually is a little piece of the puzzle for in my art conversation, which is I'm engaging in a series, I'm batting an idea around and hashing out an idea for a series that takes cave paintings, ancient cave paintings, and the negative dark space of that cave would be a galaxy scene, little stars, just to show that there's like, they talked about those ancient cave paintings. Joe Campbell talks about the ancient cave paintings being um, an inner womb, the womb of the world, mm -hmm. an inner space. Yeah. And so I wanted to just play very simple idea, inner space, cave, negative, dark space of a cave becomes galaxy stars. Cool. But then on the cave walls comes images from potentially my own childhood written drawn as cave paintings on stone. Hmm. I have a very intense childhood, some events that happened when my mother's murder, <clears throat> excuse me. So potentially I could take images of my mother and me, this very, this very significant time in my life and put them on the walls of an ancient cave as a way to well, potentially make something beautiful and interesting it won't very clearly be me on the, on that wall. So it'll be relatable hopefully to other people, but it plays with time and, and it plays with outer world and inner world and personal history. And that history being related to our history as a civilization, it's a still in the work stream, but or idea, but what you said about some of the most ancient writings, the oldest writings were dreams that's what I'm talking about. There was a value there around dreams. And I think that dreams have become a little bit like in it. I was writing, uh, co-authoring a book with this really well, like experienced author. Mm -hmm. And she was, every time I would pitch these dreams that I have, I would have an incredible dream. The book was about my mother's murder. I have a dream about my mom. It was a really easy, meaningful, very emotional thing. And I thought it fit. And she was like, don't write dreams in books. People don't care. And I was like, well, that's sad. <laughs> you know, it is sad. I, but totally I think is, it's yeah. also true. I, I'm yeah. bored out of my mind reading my own dreams, you know? Uh, so I think it need, you need to be careful. And, and, but bringing a little solidity, bringing some meaning to dreams is what this whole conversation is for me. Yeah. And when you say things like some of the first writings that, that people ever did were around dreams, it's like, yeah. yeah, there's more to dreams than we think. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate this. I want to um, think about, for myself, what my takeaway is, as we're, you know, looking back on this conversation, I mean, I, I, I know my whole life, my relationship with the dreams has been, there's been 
you know, I've had the fearful, scary dreams of something sucking the life out of my body. I've had the, like I mentioned, the alien standing around my head. I think a lot of my early childhood, possibly because of the, um, you know, frenetic energy between my wife's or my, my parents getting a divorce, divorces, multiple divorces. They call it a Freudian slip. Is that a Freudian slip? Uh, Yeah, seriously. And uh, as classic as it gets. Um, probably, you know, had something to do with some of that as a child. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then this feeling with a high stuff, probably something to do with like never feeling taken care of. Like, like, what do you mean by that? You know, I grew up poor. I grew up poor and I grew up, um, I grew up, yeah. I mean, like, like poor, you know, there was moments where there was a lot of uncertainty around certain times in our growing up. Um, and I'm, as I'm thinking about my dreamscape now, like I, you know, I've said this before elsewhere is that I, I used cannabis for a while to, to, as a sleep aid and it was really effective. But what I also noticed is that it completely took away my dreams and that scared me because I thought, yeah, it's common. am I, am I, am I handicapping my brain from something it needs to handle? And I was so glad to get my dreams back when I stopped using cannabis as a sleep aid. And, and so now every time I dream, it feels like a gift to me. And it feels like something that I get to like, Mm. you know, feel around in. And and it feels like, uh, you know, when you look at something from the surface of water, like above the surface of water, it's actually refracted. So it's not quite exactly what you see. It feels a little bit like, you know, and like putting my hands under there and trying to get my hands on what it might be. And that's how it feels now. And I like that a lot. I, I enjoy the slipperiness of it. I enjoy how wild it is. Well, that's a really good point too. You know, like yeah. I don't personally, it would be, I would be misrepresenting myself to say that I'm just like a little bit frustrated and like brushing off my dream world. Like, I think what you just said is beautiful. They're also just incredible. You know, I got to hang out with the dude last night. <laughs> Two nights ago, I dreamed having a sh- shooting. Uh, uh, we were, you and me and your wife were hired to do a photo shoot of Johnny Depp. You know, huh. I dream of celebrities wow. all the time. That's wild. You know, That's so archetypal, out with all right? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a part of myself, you know, that yeah. I, why, why, why do I put my value in something separate than myself? You know, sure. and I don't, I do this less over time, you know? Um, but like when I, one way that dreams dreaming about famous people has helped me a lot is I've realized, Oh, you know, the way that, I, and I think a lot of people, whether they, whether we admit it or not, we really look up to celebrities, you know, kind of fascinated by them. And it's, and, you know, you don't want that to be out of control, but it's okay to do. But really that's, I think that's a potential way to look at ourselves and relate to ourselves. I think I am as valuable as Leonardo DiCaprio is in my head, you know? Yeah. And to feel that value for oneself, I think is important. And I've arrived to the ability to feel a lot better about myself through dreaming about celebrities a lot and being like, Oh, well, if I believe that this aspect, that all the things that happen in my dream are aspects of myself. And I just dreamed about hanging with Brad Pitt. Then I'm Brad, I'm as valuable and interesting and fascinating as Brad Pitt, you know? And so how do I get that into my conscious life and walk around town like with that value, not arrogance, just value, you know? Yeah. You know, That's these a are, question. there's a million that. ways that I relate to my dreams. And, and another thing I just think that to reiterate what you just said is another way to, re, to 
to relate to them is just to be in awe of them. They're amazing. Yeah. We get yeah. to go to an, are you fucking kidding me? We, people don't even really know why we sleep. Apparently, apparently I heard this or read this like hmm. 10 years ago, scientists, when it comes down to it, they're like, I don't know why we sleep. I don't know why <laughs> beings have to sleep. It's a mystery. I'm sure there's reasons that we've come up with, but I think that the fact that we have a little off button that happens once a day. Yeah, and during that time we go to any fucking where and can do fucking anything you know if you took the cumulative dreams of humanity each night it's probably like <laughs> humanity just did everything yeah. <laughs> possible yeah. Yeah. that's just amazing it's like what is are you fucking kidding me? that's crazy that's like something written out of a science fiction you know i saw an mri of someone dreaming Ooh. and and uh of rem i'm oh, sorry I can't say it's so, so sleep happened during REM, but REM doesn't happen during the whole. God, sleep. totally got confused about like the band. It was like, are we dreaming about REM? Band? <laughs> and, okay. So REM sleep. Yeah. All right. And during REM spinal fluid goes up to the brain, washes, goes through a whole wash cycle in the brain. And that's what the, that's the image I saw the video like this. I actually saw this online hmm. and what it does is it cleanses away toxins i don't know what they mean by toxins but it cleanses away yeah. some kind of i guess plaque and those other things that can build up and those are things that cause alzheimer's and and that kind of stuff plaque builds up in one's brain yeah get yeah. the fuck out are you no, serious man. yeah the yeah. stuff on your teeth it's it's uh a, a brain a brain version of that it will siri into this siri was like <laughs> some, i got something to say about dreams conscious is <laughs> the ghost in the machines like help me <laughs> i know you're siri i want to know but he was serious <laughs> yeah wow yeah, that's an, yeah it's super wild it's really really wild well you know hey man thanks for the conversation i know it's yeah. a dice it listen the reason we recorded this twice was we we took a hack at this already is because dreams are tricky man dreams are tricky it's it's an eye rolling conversation you know to a lot of people and even like even when i was discussing my dream that felt very clear i get a little lost in the weeds i'm like oh this this is too personal you know this is too much totally. for me it's you gotta be very careful in communicating things like this because it gets very uninteresting and confusing really fast have you seen that meme of the of um of someone saying like the way a mushroom trip feels and the way what it, what it looks like when you explain it to somebody That's and awesome. and and under the way the mushroom trip feels is like this this wooden banister of like a of a hundred horses running down a cascade of you know made of wood and like you can't tell where one ends and one begins and and it's so opulent and so majestic and, and just you're like it's a miracle that staircase the banister is a miracle you can't believe it exists and then it says, but what it looks like, but what it sounds like explaining it to somebody. And it's like a stick with like a, with a stuffed animal horse's head, like, like scotch tape to it. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's totally dreams, right? That's totally dreams. You got to be careful with it, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm, reminded, I'm reminded of what Jesus says um, about our inner world. He says, don't hmm. throw your pearls before swine. Oh, is that what he was talking about when he did that? Yeah. I, yeah. I do like. You know, I'm not a big, yeah, that, that's one of the ones that has been on my mind lately. Huh, one of the sayings really? of, of, from religions, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, I have, I, I have less interest personally in convincing people of anything these days, which is one of the reasons I throw the caveat personally out when we were talking about something like, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is my process. <laughs> yeah. Take it, take it for what it's worth. 
And also, this is my process. And maybe it's a little bit less, this is the way things are in the world. And it's more like you get to create how life is more than you think. You know, I respect that. Yeah. At the same time, I do want to show my process and express it. Yeah, that's how we learn. That's how we learn. And I also think there, to your point, there's a, a thousand ways to skin a cat. But people still want to see how you skin yours. You know, how well, you, like, how do you do it? Because that's helped me so much, you know, yeah, you can same. take it or leave it, you know, but casting your pearls before swine. I've done a lot of that in my life in the past, yeah. less, less in, in recent years, but just like trying to convince someone or something or arguing, you know, mm-hmm. just being contentious because I'm like defensive of my beliefs is like, I don't even know what I believe. You yeah. know, I don't even really use that word anymore because it all seems like it can be questioned. You know, the, ter- the etymology of the word belief, the, the leaf part is just love. You know, it comes from oh, the term love I'm talking about the same thing. And so yeah. to like belief, I, I just, I don't even really know what that word means anymore. And but it, what it's become, <laughs> can't is, believe you said that <laughs> <laughs> what it's become is like Gandalf fucking staff in the ground this is my where i stand and it's like i don't know if i stand anywhere other than i'm just curious about things and i'm definitely in the middle of my own personal process and you are too and witnessing yours is very interesting witnessing so many people's these days through podcasting and through social media it's so cool to see people in such process you know and just being like this is what i'm going through Mm -hmm. i think it's amazing you know and one of the most one of the most special and valuable things about this this craziness of of society you know of the last hundred years or so is just the access we get to people's personal processes and yeah to do a little bit of that with you has been been huge but casting pearls before swine something i'm less and less interested in if i do get into it it's out of habit and momentum and like feel free to check my ass on it because it's not worth it <laughs> also called oversharing <laughs> oversharing you th- oh yeah i mean there's a lot of ways to interpret that this is a whole different conversation but i uh, you know i mean you remember we did that we passed that uh quote back and forth about oversharing was yep. a trauma response yeah that feels totally. true you're afraid yeah. to let go yep yep you need some validation i need some validation <laughs> i get that Thanks, dude. We gotta cut this off now. Appreciate this conversation around dreams. I say we do more like this. Maybe not another dream one. Maybe we do. Maybe if there, maybe if a big dream comes up, we bring it up again. Whatever. Or not again. We we took a hack at it. It's a tricky conversation. I think we did fine. Dreamlike. Okay. Good to see you, my man. See you, buddy.